This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yes. What a gorgeous morning. Love it. You know, feeling full of vim and vigor here. Got some good coffee. You know, Miss Amy out there in the kitchen. You know, she, she put in the kitchen there. She put all this, this um, like, French roast stuff. This stuff, man, I'm telling you what, it'll make you snort nails. It is, yeah, this stuff really, I love it because it's just like, you know, if it was any stronger, I'd probably, I'd probably die. But if they, they've, they've just backed it off enough that I'm okay. You know, like, wow, this is good stuff, Max. How you doing? Okay. We oh, just no. might have, the big open just <laughs> might have just crashed. Looking for Max. I don't know if his Comrex unit just went down. Oh, wait, I hear him. Check, check, check. Oh, I hear him in the background. <laughs> you scared me okay. there. I'm sitting there going, no, I'm no. going on and on and on, and there's nothing. It's talking about French yeah. roast coffee, I mean. <laughs> I mean, but once again, it's, co- it's co- you know, I'm not a coffee guy. I can't, I can't, I can't really rock with those, but. You're not a good. coffee guy, really? Never been a coffee guy. Now, you never drank it like Danny Smith? Or you know no this. no no I've I've had I've had it I've I've, okay. for, I've been forced to have to drink it, um for you know for for meetings and stuff like that a couple times a year. Well, with um, as many times as you jump uh, time zones. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I prefer I prefer my caffeine uh, decarbonated way. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I'll do that, and you know, I, I mean, every once in a while, I have like an energy drink or something. Um, but yeah, coffee. Like I'll I'll do it. I'll do like a cold brew, like with my, my uh, with my wife or something. Okay, but, right. Yeah, and and that's so infrequent. And it's got you know it's just iced black coffee because I you know I don't like the taste and I don't like you know it hot. So cold brew was the best option I can get. So yeah, I'll random, but yeah, no, it is it is not a way of life or a daily <laughs> thing for me. Now, Max, will you do like will you do like bougie coffee? Will you do like a uh, like a pumpkin spice latte or you know an americano, something like that? Nope. 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 Just just just, just black coffee. Just, so, coffee. just sodi pop and Red Bull. <laughs> you know, here's there a, are a sodi pop, Red Bull, and a cold brew. Nitro. Wait, hold on, uh, is I, Max I, is he right. a, is he a monster guy or a Red Bull guy or what's the energy drink of choice then? Uh, not Fahrenheit, but Celsius. Oh, okay. Uh, That's like a milder uh, one, right? Because like Red yeah, Bull is it, one it, that it, makes it, you lose your mind. Yeah, yeah. Red Bull is is one that yeah. No, it gives you wings. I mean, exactly. what drink should give you? Okay. Wings? Now, uh, now, I need you both weigh in on this because I just saw it last night. Okay, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm cruising the internet a little bit, trying to, you know, you like to bring some stuff in that you come in the locker room with because you always want to, you know, yak it up in the first. You gotta have the banter. You, you gotta have a little banter, right? So, of course. So I saw where Red Red Bull did not sponsor this dude and his first attempt of diving out of a plane without a parachute. He had this net hmm. that was like had it. I'm sorry. It was like 60 feet high off the ground or 100 feet high off the <laughs> ground. Yes, this guy went off from like 10,000 feet up. He had a, a, another guy that went with him who had a parachute to steer, make sure he steered into the net. You know, but there's a, I don't know. I'm thinking this is not a good idea. 
If Red he Bull was, won't, he was hey, listen, falling Max. into the net. Yes, listen to this. <laughs> Red Bull re- did did not sp- would not sponsor like from him. a liability standpoint. You That's, mean it's too crazy. <laughs> it's too cuckoo loco. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Max, yeah, I give it to you. He 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 skydives into a net that stops his speed going down. I mean, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, and you, I wouldn't sponsor something that says, "Yes, I'm going to jump out of a plane <laughs> with no parachute, no backup, and I'm going to hit a net." That is that is like trying to pour. Water into a cup standing two stories above the ground. <laughs> That's a pretty you know good analogy there, man. Right. Like, like I, and if my life depended on, I, I'm, I'm not trusting anything for that. But like, well, guess I'm just going to have to die. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Could you imagine trying to aim no. and get that right? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I wonder why. Because even Red Bull said, listen, we have limits. Yeah, yeah. They, now remember, Red Bull is the is the sponsor of the highest jump ever that went up into space, where the guy jumped out of a balloon that that was in the stratosphere, whatever they call it, where space begins. He goes out, and it took like I don't know, twenty minutes to free fall. It was ridiculous, right? But they wouldn't even sponsor this. That's how wacko this was. I should have gotten the guy's name because my goodness, that's like. That's equal to Alex Honnold doing whatever up up a cliff face. Yeah, it would be like Alex Honnold like saying, you know, I think I'm just gonna free climb Everest. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? At this point, it's like, hey, I mean, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, and even for Alex Honnold, like, I mean, there's a certain level of risk, but he's free climbing. He knows what he's doing, and. You know, it, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is something that's within his wheelhouse. Has this guy been jumping out of airplanes free-falling with no parachute for years now? No. This is, I do not know of any other time. I, you know what? Something I should research. You know, they got to take a look. I should have gotten the guy's name. But I'm sitting there. The thing that struck me was this is so crazy stupid that even Red Bull wouldn't sponsor it. You know, and I mean, Red Bull sponsors yeah. everything that's Coco Loco. Said even we can't give this guy wings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. So. exactly. Our drink will not give you that good a wing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just watch this guy just dropping, dropping. And the guy at, at, the, you know, at his side with the parachute, there's like a, a point in time where he's, I don't know, a half a mile up or something like that, quarter mile, and he's got to pull his own chute. He's got to go. And that you're on your own, man. If you miss that net, wow. <laughs> is that, that going to be a quick stop? Yeah, no. I mean, I thought you were going to say he jumped out and he had like a squirrel suit or something. No. No, no nothing I, like that. Absolutely not. I just. And then I'll, no. Yeah, no, there's nothing that, that you can tell me that's going to say, you know what? This is a good idea. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. All right. Nope. You know what? Just because we started off this way, I got to throw a couple did you knows at you, okay? These things are kind of fascinating to me. Did you know a lifeboat drill was canceled the morning of the Titanic disaster? Yeah, because it was all a hoax to make the to to get the world's richest man down, and, and then they could build then they could build the Federal Reserve, which would have benefited the world's fifth to tenth most richest men. Guess who's wearing a tinfoil cap here in the locker room? Yeah. Oh, hey. 
It's Wesley. That, uh, yeah, exactly. It's tinfoil with a little, with a little antenna. Uh, you tell me why, why five of the ten richest men in the world canceled their trip to the Titanic two days before it left port. I want to. Oh I want to see that research. I want to see that. Yes. Now, according yeah, exactly. to a pat to passenger Arthur Godfrey Pytron, a routine lifeboat drill was scheduled on the morning of the day of the Titanic disaster. However, the crew never assembled for one, and it was canceled. Max, is that the worst cancellation in the history of boating, or what? Listen, that 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 is by far the worst um, cancellation slash you know lack of awareness. Like, hey, we <laughs> might want to know how to use these boats. <laughs> Just, just in case. And it's not like the Titanic had been sailing for a while. You know right? what I'm saying? Yes, like, exactly. Like that, that, that's exactly why you want to do the drill. Like, hey, just in case, guys, this is a little bit different than the other boat um, that you've been on. We need to go ahead and just get this just buttoned up just in case, you know? You know a little, little life preserver action, you know? <laughs> You know, yeah, you make sure. Has everybody paid up on their insurance before they get on this boat? <laughs> hey, hey, Max, how about you go through the lifeboat drill? You stand there going, um, there doesn't seem to be enough boats here. <laughs> you know, yeah. just think about one, that one. I know one, my two, math two, isn't the greatest, but this, three, math, this math ain't math in here. Four, five. <laughs> ah, we got enough. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong with this, right? Hey, why, why do we why do we need a drill? Why do we need a drill? We got plenty of boats here. With from this side, I can see how many people we got again. Oh. Yeah, sure, sure. Half of them might actually stay on the boat, anyways. You know, <laughs> I was on a cruise with Heinz Ward, and I probably told you, so bear with me. But Heinz had a suitcase, and it was a lifeboat in a suitcase. I kid you not. He had his own life raft. I said, Heinz, what are you doing? What are you? He goes, I saw that Titanic movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I couldn't argue with him. I mean, you can't argue Jeez. with that. No, you can't. No, you can't argue with that. You just have to go, well, uh, there we go. Okay. All okay, right, we, so are we, you are you ready for this quick explanation? Okay, let's let's hear it. I was being half facetious but half serious. Okay. Here's the actual conspiracy theory that the Titanic was deliberately sunk on purpose to eliminate opposition to the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank. Some of the wealthiest men in the world were aboard uh, the Titanic for her maiden voyage, several of whom were allegedly opposed to the creation of a United States Central Bank. All right. J.P. Morgan was one of the people that was on this plane as well, too. There's no evidence of their opposition to J.P. Morgan's centralized banking ideas has been found to this point. Right. But all three men who were against the forming of the Federal Reserve Bank stayed on the Titanic and ended up passing away. A lot of the people, uh, particularly J.P. Morgan, who got off of the uh, of the. Boat. Uh, the, the boat the, the boat, day before yeah. uh, apparently you know had it had it sunk to eliminate those who were opposing them in the in the uh, the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank. Boy, that's a that's kind of that's a little out there. Yeah, My yeah, goodness, that's, uh, that's a smidge uh, smidge uh, 
crazy. You know, J- uh, J.P. Morgan yeah, had wild. a personal suite aboard the ship with his own private promenade deck and a bath equipped a bath. specifically with his specific cigar holders. Oh, my heavens. And then last minute, he canceled his stay on the plane or on the uh, boat, pardon me, which fueled speculation among conspiracy theorists that the world's richest man knew of the ship's fate. Boy, it's a little hard to like uh, put it into context, Max. I mean, how do you figure? Yeah, we're, we're they're gonna they're gonna sink it by ramming it into an iceberg. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that that's that that's where it's a little tough for me. You know, <laughs> that's where you, the plot uh, thickens, huh? Well, they left Braden yeah, Fioco so, off the off the off the boat, which is, I mean, you know, I've heard that that, that, that guy, true. I've heard that guy could have plugged the hole yeah, and got exactly. him back to port. Yeah. Oh my God. Jeez. Yeah. That 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 Titanic quote was was also legendary as well during training camp. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah. No. I. I mean, it, it's one of those things. I. I don't. Th- there's no way he could have unless unless he was talking to Nostradamus or somebody like. Oh my God. Something bad could happen to Titanic. Uh, it's Titanic. Ah, failure. Um. Uh, I, I like, like, I mean, I, I feel like there was some plausible reason why he had to cancel. Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't believe that he was like, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of these guys by <laughs> by, er, by death by iceberg, right? No, <laughs> nobody takes, is thinking that. No. It takes a little too nobody much planning on that one. Yeah, yeah, and you have to be exact too. You know, right. you have to actually go on the path because what? Didn't they say, like, if, what, if they veered, like, six feet to the right or left, they would have missed it or something yep, like that? Yep, yep, Like, yep. at any point earlier? All like you had to do was slow down. All the, yeah. That's all they had to do was just slow down. Matter of fact, I even saw one uh, uh, documentary that said, had they just gone just the bow of the boat first in straight in, it would have, it, at a speed, it would have just bounced off it. That's all it would have done. You know what I mean? Wow. They wouldn't have it wouldn't have gashed. It's crazy. But let me you know what? I got another one, so I'll hit you with another. Because this is okay, more hear, this is in our wheelhouse, okay? Did you okay. know there's a precise speed where jogging becomes running? Uh kinda being on a treadmill, but I don't know what exactly it is. Well, conditioning coaches seem to have coalesced around six miles an hour. Six miles an hour, if you're going 6.5, you're running. If you're going 5.8, you're jogging. Now, I would also like to know walking because that's more my speed. Yeah, I would say three miles an hour. Three? Good walk pace. Yeah, that's not a, that's a good pace. That's still, that's still a good walk pace. Four if you're training for the Olympic Fast Walking Championship. How do you move your hips back and forth like that? That doesn't work for me. I, I'm, it, it, it's, it's a side-to-side motion. It's a swiveling of the hips. Swiveling? I don't understand how it gets you more momentum, though. That, does, that doesn't compute. Well, think about this. It's, it's like, um, you know, like, like, like the gear on a bike, right? You right. You know how the pedals go up and down on each side? Right. Like, that's kind of the, the motion that you're giving your hips. So it just creates the motion okay and okay. A faster and it gives you a rhythm but a natural kind of kind of bouncing of it it's not it's not generating force on the ground but it's that propellant to get you going forward uh, with your feet because then the natural rocking of of heel to toe okay and mm-hmm. especially you get the right type of shoes that have that kind of that arched angle right you know, like the, the rolling angle okay i think that kind of helps it all right all right and then going downhill making a pretty good point 
Okay, so yeah. so then in right along with that, because this is another one right in our wheelhouse, um, did you do you did you know that there was an actual study done on the bent over posture, such as you see like an NBA basketball player at the foul line before he gets the ball, you know, grab his yeah. you know, his shorts and he bent over and he's breathing. That that's the best posture to be in to reload after a, a hard exertion, like after a hard play. All right, now think about all the times we were told by coaches, there's no air down there. Stand up, breathe, don't show any weakness. And then they come out with a study that says, no, the best way to reload after a hard exertion is exactly what we've tried to do over the decades, right? Bent over, suck and win, maybe throwing up from time to time, something like that. Get Zooks, man, we got lied to. Or, Or even just, you know, like, you know, a, a coach just coming by and, like, tap you on the back of the knee. You know, I we used to have a coach that used to come, like, behind us. Right. And hit you in the back of the knee. Because, you know, you, 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 you'd straighten out your knees. Sure. As well, where you're, like, bending over, like, huh, huh. And he'd come hit us in the back of the knee. Like, yep, there's a position. Because it'd make you <laughs> pop up immediately once you got hit in the back of the knee. Doesn't that take and, you off? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, so we've been doing it right all these years. I knew I was feeling better after doing that. Max, and then I just then th- I just do it in the huddle. Think about it. That there is air down there, right? I mean, we you know you're bent over, you're sucking wind. The there earth it, is full of it. That's as it. long as you're not in the grass, <laughs> you know, or on hardwood, you or know, what under I'm the grass. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely under the grass. There's, yeah. there's no air down there. <laughs> no, um, no air there. You, you you can trap a pocket, but it's only so much um, in there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that's one of the things. I would think you're you know. Your lungs are able to expand. Rib cage can contract and, yeah. and you know and everything and and and, and compress. Um, so yeah, no, that's it's BS. I, I really wish they would have had this all the way back when you played. So then when I played, you know, it just would have been accepted nature. You know? Absolutely, you know, coaches lie. They lied to us, man. That's wrong. No. All right. Yeah, let's they see. Just wanna, they just want us to suffer. <laughs> All right, here's another one. This is this is up your wheelhouse because you are uh, you're one of those superhero nerds. Okay, so did you know that in Iga, Japan? All right, there is there is a distinct shortage. Now think we've got shortages going on stuff like that around the world, mm-hmm. but now uh, there is a shortage of ninjas. A few years ago, in the city of Iga. They had a, a ninja shortage going on because nin, uh, Iga claims to be the birthplace of the ancient ninja. They even, Iga was even offering real ninjas salaries up to 85000 a year. How about that, bud? Huh? Hey, hey, listen, foot soldiers have to be born somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, lucky yeah. for them, we got a lot of ninjas in training here in the, in <laughs> yeah, the that is Pittsburgh true. That is studios. True. So, so what you're saying is that we're becoming the new Iga Japan over in Pittsburgh? I think so. What he's, I, what he's saying is if I just suddenly vanish, don't ask any questions. Exactly. The magic smoke balls, uh, you know, disappearing. Out. We're going to be in the booth on Sunday, and Quinlan's going to turn around and be like, hey, we're going to go to Max here for a sideline hit in 30 seconds. And then he's going to – and we go to Max Starks, and there's going to be no sound, and they're going to turn around, and there's just going to be a cloud of dust where I was once standing. Yes, exactly. No, I, I, I th- but, but that is crazy that, you know, you can make a salary as a ninja. Think about that. Cosplayers around the world must not know about this. 
because you have <laughs> to believe that, that yeah, yeah they would be, don't tell C, don't tell cj about this we're gonna lose cj <laughs> i know yeah i was gonna say we will lose cj it's like hey hey can i can i roll dice as well you know because i am a junior ninja <laughs> he's like wait i can make how much money doing this i've been doing yeah, or, it for i've been doing it for I a fraction of that japan man Exactly. Hey, Dad. I'll see. I'll see you in a couple years. I'll be back for Christmas. <laughs> that, that's right. After I after I stack these ninja bucks. <laughs> okay. All right. How about this? Now you know that I had a gym. I trained in martial arts for years. Right. A couple decades. But no ninjas. You didn't train. No. You no, didn't train no ninjas, but listen. Okay. I actually met a guy who wanted to be a ninja. Oh God. Well, okay. now's this guy's time. I, I mean, where's I, he I, at? Yeah, exactly. But now, exactly. Now got, you can tell him it actually is a career. But here's Once again, like, like, don't bend over. You can't be a ninja. See, Wolf, you were doing it just in a different way. <laughs> okay. Here, right, let me, oh, I got this. face hurts. A buddy of mine. All right. He was, he was watching this guy in one of his training sessions, and they had to do forward rolls downhill. Oh, my now, he God. had the ninja this shoes on and everything. Ter- okay. Oh, so, he had the little tabby boots. <laughs> so he does oh these rolls, God. and he starts rolling. He rolls out of control, and he rolled into a tree. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that, that's the quickest way to not be a ninja is to hit a tree while rolling. Like, if, you, if, if you can't avoid a tree, how are you going to avoid ninja stars? You know what I'm saying? Like rival ninjas. Or anything else, a smaller <laughs> variety. Oh my God! You roll and then you roll to hit a tree. Jesus, that, that, that that's is, impressive. That, honestly, in a way, it is break? impressive and one and one of the worst things ever. All right, we're gonna go to break because Wolf, Wolf is losing. I'm losing. Wolf control. needs to Wolf, Wolf needs to bend over and catch some air um, in the locker room because it is a healthier way to go. Yeah, yeah, we have a study that proves it works, and Wolf's gonna practically oh. apply it. And we'll be back here inside the locker room in just a minute. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back inside the locker room, uh, Wolf. Wolf, how, how, how did how did your uh, how did your study work? Did did it did it work? Did it work by putting your hands on your knees yep. and bending over? All the things that Chuck Noll told you not to do. Exactly. Did it work for you? Full deep breaths, almost puking, but you know, uh, we'll just keep that uh, you know in the locker room here. We're all good. We're good now. There we go. I just you all know, right. I, I I have to quantify that story by telling you it was he would. This friend of a friend would travel on these ninja weekends where they would gather the Americanized ninja, and they would train together. And that's when my buddy was went by and saw him train. <laughs> and he was oh wearing the God. ninja garb, and, <laughs> and it was what, Halloween. What? Max, you got to be careful here. I mean, we're, yeah, I know, we're teetering I know. on the edge of losing Wolf for the next 90 minutes. <laughs> 
I, I know, I know, because I'm, I'm like, man, do I do I engage this further? Because I do have questions. Um, the rabbit hole never ends, Max. Just know you can tumble down that rabbit hole forever. Hey, but if I hit a tree, I'll stop. You know. Oh, <laughs> and, that, and that's the show. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, we better move on, Max. No, uh, we we will move uh, on. No, um, what does that hurt? You know, you know, as as you know, I, I think one of the things, and you know, this is what I love. You know, Matt Williamson, because Matt usually Matt Matt's the deep dive guy, right? Like Matt's gonna find all of the analyses that we uh, you know enjoy, especially when you're thinking about the game. You know, because we have we have the Packers coming to town, and the Packers are feeling good. Um, cause they actually had a, had a decent performance against a really bad team. Um, because the LA Rams last week were a terrible squad. I mean, I mean, I can't put to you right. how painful it was to watch that game. Yeah. It's, um, um it's not pretty. Yeah. Do you, cause you watched it, right? Wolf? it's seen, I've seen some of it I not watched the whole thing yet. It looks <sighs> the same. It yeah. looks the same. However, ha- ha- from what's it started, how it shall end. Trust me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the cool things he kind of said, I mean, you know, for whatever the Green Bay Packers, you know, are, um, you know, currently, I mean, the history of this franchise, I oh, mean, this, yeah. you're talking about one of the originals. I mean, this is where, I mean, for goodness sakes, the, the, the trophy that we all strive to fight for is named after a guy who was a coach there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's the Vince Lombardi trophy. Right, right. Um, and, and combined between the two franchises, there's 10 Super Bowls, um, even the one over the Steelers. Um, we're not going to talk about 45. No, talks no. About 45. we'll just move on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that was the uh, that was the, actually the only postseason matchup the Packers played 36 times with Green Bay coming out on top on 20 of those occasions. So Green Bay has our number, and this series goes back to 1933. Yes. Yes. The, the founding year. Think about that. Like 1933 and the Packers shut out the Steelers. Uh, yeah, that in, was in both of their first two matchups. Uh, I think it had to be a brutal thing. game. I mean, you know, the thing about it is <clears throat> I've played at Lambeau Field and I played actually in the old Milwaukee Stadium where they would play one or two games a year in Milwaukee. Um, you know, at, at this county stadium or something where both teams were on the same sidelines. It was the weirdest thing ever. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, wow. You're on the same sidelines, Matt. Max, with um, – you got me thinking about Matt now. I'm thinking Matt – Matt is like the statistical ninja of <laughs> – Yes. Okay, I got to leave it alone because I'm going to start laughing again. But yeah, anyway. exactly. We, we've just got to get rid of it. We can't – we can't – you can't – you're not even allowed to say it when we go out on the breaks now. <laughs> Uh, but you here, on re- yeah, you are on restriction, sir. <laughs> I'm on restriction. So, so um, at County Stadium or wherever they called it, both teams are on the same sidelines, and there's a Gatorade table separating the two. And I'm sitting there going, you know, th- a couple of times, you know, guys are yelling at each other over a Gatorade table. You know, I mean, it's like, it's crazy. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody's going to throw a, a Gatorade cup at, at somebody in a moment or so, you know, because it got a little heated at times, you know, 
where guys are yelling at each other, but you're on the same sidelines. It was absolutely weird. Yeah, I mean, that has to be awkward. Very. You know, to sit there, you, you have your coaches. You're looking to the same sideline to get signals. You know yes. what I'm saying? If you're yep. offensive guys and they're yelling at And then, you, you like, how do you separate, like, the side of the field? Like, where's the line of demarcation? And who's going to be the habitual line stepper that keeps stepping over the line? <laughs> Right, because yeah. if your team's on the far end of the field, you know, on the other guy's side, and you're trying to get information to them, or you have to run the extra distance because you you don't want to be close to them, giving away secrets. Like, how do you huddle up during during like during like timeouts? I, you know, I, I'm trying to remember. It was just weird. You, you know, you had to like start running. If, for instance, if you're down around the ten yard line, okay, and it's away from yeah. your bench, okay, then you've got to run. <laughs> You know, from your own, like, 40, 35 to 40, you know, out onto the field in front of the Packer bench and all the way down to, like, the 10-yard line. That's a long ways to go, you know? Yeah, it's, a, it's not efficient. That is not yeah. efficient. No, in today's modern football with, you know, the evolution of all the personnel packages, that could never work. Yeah, but here's my thing. I mean, why couldn't you use the other side of the field? I don't know. I to the, I cannot remember <laughs> why. It, it was. Could you imagine looking across the field like, look at all that open space. <laughs> Boy, what a nice place that is for a bench right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not crowded. You're not fighting for a chair. <laughs> it's just wide open. It's 100 yards of opportunity on the other side. <laughs> You're feeling forlorn and, and, and tired because you got to run all that extra yardage. When on the other side, you could have cut it in half, man. I mean, come on. Imagine if you go out of bounds, like at the one yard line on the opposite end. Oh yeah, and then you, and you're not in the next personnel grouping. How long of a jog that is? Well, I think you'd have to go over the the uh, aforementioned six mile an hour speed to be able to clear in time to get to the sidelines. You know, because yeah. you can't or, run off or, on the Packers end and then try to make your way through all the Packers. Or do you just run out of bounds and stay on the opposite side and just walk around? <laughs> wow, that's even longer. You know what I'm saying, but yeah. at least you're walking, right? You True. Know, you have you have a chance to bend over and put your hands on your knees and catch a breath. You know, <laughs> Without the coach yelling, at, "I can't hear you from that far away." <laughs> you know that was that was truly one of the most awkward games I've ever played in. And then I think again about when we, we played in the Hall of Fame game in uh, Canton. Back in 83, I think it was. And we all dressed in a gym with a curtain in between the two teams. It was the Saints and the Steelers. And there was nothing but a curtain in between on, with the gym floor. You, you just had a pile. You don't even have a place to hang stuff up. There were no lockers. Now, that, now that's awkward. Now yeah, that, that's that, very that awkward. awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. It, were there chairs at least? Yeah, they did have folding chairs. You had a chair so that you could oh, sit down. Oh, a folding chair with hu humongous human beings in Yeah, heads. well, you know what it's like for for guys with the keisters of our size. You know yeah, no, I mean? that, that's one of those where I'm like, listen, I might as well just go ahead and sit crisscross applesauce over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because that folding chair is not holding all of this. I mean, you know, it's one of those... Can I get two? One for each cheek. You know, can I create my own little bench in here? <laughs> now, have you? Do you ever remember a time when you had such awkward facilities or or weird times? Stuff like that. It, it, probably not really, because with the modernization of football, and I came, you know, towards the end of the ancient days. 
um, before the the new new era began in the new millennia, uh, millennial, whatever they call it. But uh, the fact is, things had modernized a lot when you came into the league. Yeah, no, but Green Bay was still the same. Like Green Bay, I remember when we came, literally had like the benches along the wall bolted to the wall, and then like <laughs> yeah. peg peg hooks. Oh, that yeah. was it. Yep, that was it. That was in the locker room. So there was no like stalls. There was no fancy lockers with shelves and stuff like that. No, it was peg hooks on a wall with a with a bench going around the around the walls. Mm. Yep, and you kind of had to like section it off. Like that was that. So I do remember those, um, you know, Tennessee was a very similar setup in college um, where it was just like Spartan esque. You know, the one that was the craziest was the old uh, um, was the old uh, Candlestick Park. Oh, yeah. uh, For San Francisco, because it was like it was like cavernous, like everything was like 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 in these deep well, like, like their lockers were like crazy. They were like deep and you Mm. couldn't really see or communicate. It wasn't open at all. So there was really nowhere to like meet, you know, (laughs) when you try and get offense and defense together, right? Like, it's like, it was like these pockets and you'd have to like sit deep and you're trying to like listen around a wall to get the uh, adjustments and everything. So that, that one was another one that was pretty crazy. Now I haven't been in the new Levi stadium. So that's one of the two stadiums I've not been to. Um, I haven't been to Seattle, and I haven't, and I haven't been to Levi Stadium, okay. the new Forty Niners. I've been uh, to, I think I've been to every stadium now in the. Uh, yeah, in the I was about to say you, you have, yeah. yeah. So, so I will get Seattle knocked off the list. Yes, you'll, you'll knock that out. Yeah, I'll get Seattle knocked off, but I will. I, I still will have San Francisco's new stadium. I've been to every other stadium. Levi Stadium is very nice. It's you know really pretty top notch. The thing that was nice about um. Seattle building that new stadium is the kingdom. The kingdom, I, I don't know what it was, but it was my own personal, uh, I don't know. Things went bad there. I don't know. In the couple of trips that I made there and played there, always seemed to have a problem with, you know, <laughs> a missed assignment that blew up a play, um, <clears throat> uh, a holding penalty that uh, brought a Franco Harris 90-yard screen pass, touchdown, game-winning touchdown back. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of some of the other fallacies and, and quandaries I found myself in. I mean, it was just, it was always something bad happened there. So when they blew up the kingdom, I'm like, yeah, good. I'm glad it went down. <laughs> you were just, you were just over the moon. Oh yeah. You know, well, cause what was it? Seattle originally in the AFC, uh, an AFC team before, and then they realignment sent them to, I'm trying to remember. NFC? I'm trying I, to remember. I could, could be. I don't remember, but all I remember is that right. things didn't go well in the, in the yeah. kingdom for the Cause, kids. Cause, the Seattle well, Seahawks how, are the only team in NFL history to have played in both the AFC okay, and NFC championship games. Wow. That's what I thought. Okay, I, I was right. I was like, I know it's somewhere. 2001 was their last season in the AFC, Max. 2002, okay. they moved to the NFC. Got it, got it, got it. See, I knew, I knew, I knew something. There's something in this noggin, Wolf. There's yeah, something that, in this noggin. You got something hanging on in that melon, buddy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel like, you know, that that's pretty good. Oh, here, let me throw this stat at you <laughs> to get back on track. This is like a wayward Thursday. You know, we're all over the, the place yeah, here. No, no, nothing wrong with that, you know, because Friday is going to be the real game planning, statistical yep. deep dive day. Yep. Today is still a little lighthearted. But did you know that Mike Tomlin's record at home 
is 71% win rate. Really? 71%. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that that's, a, that's a pretty crazy stat. And uh, Green Bay is absolutely terrible on the road. They're one in three this season. Are they really? And have lost good? four of their last five games. And Pittsburgh is 12 and five in their last 17 games. How about that? I like it. Yeah, I'm just saying. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah. my friend. All right, that's that's it for my nuggets right now. All we're right. we're going to go to break again, and we'll be back again inside the locker room, we promise. No, we're not going to promise. We're not going to promise. We're going to try our best not to get to any more ninja jokes uh, the rest of the show. <laughs> we're going to stay on task because it's the Steelers and the Green Bay Packers today and tomorrow and then on Sunday. So we will be back. In a minute, you're inside the locker room, Wolf and Starks here on ESPN SNR Radio. Hi, my name is Esther Lou Wolfley. You're listening to In the Locker Room with my dad, Uncle Max, and the Ninjas on ESPN 970. George, are you upset? Oh, no. Were you frustrated after the game Thursday night? Oh, uh, no. We got the victory. Uh, take out a touchdown. Uh, we just engineered the victory. That's why I was, I was happy, if anything. Well, what do you think, Max? Do you think he was frustrated or not? I mean, I mean, look, listen, there, there are some minor frustrations, but I think, like you said, the overall goal is to win. Right. The overall goal is to live to fight another day. And to give yourself a chance to not just worry about next Sunday, but worry about them Sundays in January, the yeah. ones that are in, invite only. And I think that that's one of the things. But, you know, raw emotion in the moment is okay. Like, we all have it, right? right. I mean, if you, you don't have a pulse, um, if you can't get emotionally charged one way or another during a football game, right? I mean, that that's what makes this game so great. It brings out pure, pure raw emotion. And, you know, and that's one of the things that usually fuels you throughout a game. And that that frustration just manifests itself in different ways. And I think for George Pickens, you know, hey, listen, you have your moments. I mean, shoot, I've had those moments, too. Yep. You know, so, (laughs) you know, I know you've had those moments, too, where you just you're frustrated at certain points, like when things don't go right or things don't go the way you expect them to go. But then you look at the end, and you're like, man, listen, I was frustrated in the moment, but that's because I didn't know if we were going to win or lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, my decisions, my play, you know, might have dictated a different result in the moment. And you look at the scoreboard, and that gives you instant feedback about whether it's going good <laughs> or whether it's going bad at the same time as well. So, I mean, it, it's a process, and you have to mature into that. You know, with experience comes that confidence, you know? Um, and up until that point, yeah, it, it, it's it's a guess, and you don't know where it's going to end. So I mean, you know, I, I believe George Pickens that when he says what he what he did, like, hey, listen, we got the victory, take out a touchdown, you know, things happened in a positive way. But you know, he want he wants to put his hand in the pile and say that he was responsible as well. You know what I'm saying? He wants to say that he 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 did his part in helping this team to victory. So I don't fault the young man from that. And I know, like, you know, there were, there, there were people with opinions and everything. Oh, well, you know, 
Antonio Brown this and that. I'm like, listen, don't try and pigeonhole him. Don't try and typecast no. him yet. No. He's only in his second year. And for all that stuff you were talking about with Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown did a lot of deeds before it came to that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, you know. And not all a of them were in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, so, I mean, so let's just pump the brakes and just treat him as his own young man. You know, don't, don't, try, and, don't try and compare and contrast him to other people of the past. You know, that's well said, Max, and I'll, I'll throw this at you as well. Because, again, personal experience being coached by Mike Tomlin, Okay. How many guys, young guys, have you seen that went through a a little bit of uh, a a personal, let's see, a teachable moment, shall we say, where the head coach talks to you? I had one of those. I had a situation where, you know what, things had to be explained to me. Okay, I I see it now and I understand. But you have those moments where – yeah, maybe maybe you got a little vocal. Maybe you got a little out of, you know, sideways or something like that. Um, that doesn't mean you're a bad guy. What it means is that you need to be brought under the helpful hand of a, a senior member of the team, a coach, somebody that speaks to you truth and use the teachable moment as something to grow from, not something to pile on and, and try to bury some guy on. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, look, look, that's a heck. Even the old guys, we get, we got to have a tune-up every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have to check ourselves. I mean, heck, I mean, I, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count, Wolf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, I, and I'm one of those fingers and toes. <laughs> like, even I, me and Mike Tomlin had to have a conversation before. Right. Right. So, it's nothing that's out of the ordinary and for any team, not, not just our team, and right. not just Good related point. to Mike Tomlin in these situations. Every team has that. Every high achieving, successful, you know, team or stressful job, you got to have those conversations because sometimes you have to make sure, hey, are we still on the same track? Here's what here's what I think the goal list is. Is this the same goal list? Okay, how are we doing this for certain guys? I mean, and granted, there's always going to be, you know, teachers, pets, and there's always going to be favorites um, in every walk of life. And you kind of deal with that. You right. know, uh, you know, Mike Thomasley has famously said, listen, listen. I, you know, I, I'm going to treat all of you fairly, but I'm not going to treat all of you equally. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that and that's just how it goes. But that that's life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like yeah. it doesn't. You don't get exceptions to these rules. Um, you know. And I think that's that's the best way of looking at it. And I think, but as long as as long as it's fair. And the one thing I will say about Mike T, he is very transparent, yep. and the door is always open. For you to either go there or for him to invite you in to have a conversation, <laughs> um, and so and and that's the one beautiful thing you can ask for as a player, as an athlete, that you have a transparent coach like Mike Tomlin. Um, and it might not come through in the media all the time, but for the players, they all know. And I think that's why we see this, and that's why Mike Tomlin's had the sustained success that he's had. And I know there's there's fans out there that. Oh, he's lost the message of the team. Oh, he, listen, all the guy does is win um, consistently. Like you said, not having a losing record. I know people kind of downplay this and they think, oh, well, if you you know, five hundred or better, that's not that's not winning championships. But listen, there are a ton of other organizations that would wish they could have that stretch. No question. No question. Wish. Yeah. Pray, and that's why you know people kind of get this misconstrued if you fire Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin is hired 
faster than he was fired. <laughs> That's how good he is. Okay? That's a good you point. Know what I'm saying? He's hired you know faster what I'm than he was fired. Yeah. No Hello, doubt. Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Guess what? Would you rather have Mike Tomlin mm. or would you rather have this situation? Atlanta Falcons, would you rather have Mike Tomlin or your current situation? Chicago Bears, would you? I can go on. I can name a bunch of them that would be chomping at the bit to get his services. So, you know, I, 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 I look at that and he knows how, he knows how to lead men. Yeah. At the end of the day, he knows how to lead men. As much as we think, oh, you need to do this, that, and the other, he's done it for 17 years, and he he's dealt with the fallout. And look what's happened. You, you've had a Le'Veon Bell. You've had an Antonio Brown on the on this team. You've had a San Antonio Holmes. Still hadn't stopped him. Still no. hadn't stopped him and still hasn't been detrimental. He knows how to manage men, and he knows how to lead them properly. So, you know, for everybody that has those comments, keep them to yourself. And just remember this, you know, think about your own life. Have you ever had any moments in your young life when you needed to be schooled by some elder members of an organization you were working for or with, something like that, or involved with? It's a learning process. Look, I I, I get it, and it can't go forward. You don't want anything where it becomes detrimental that will hurt not just team performance but Pickens' own performance. And you you speak to that, and you, you bring them along. This is, again – a teachable moment, and that's how guys grow. That's how winning's done. That's how the culture of the locker room operates. I remember, you know, being talked to by certain people uh, that were older, you know, about certain things, and, you know, okay, that's the way it's done. That's the way you operate. Okay, and you move forward, and you grow up, and that's part of the process. It's called training. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody has to be trained at some point for something, and I think – we kind of lose sight of that because we think, oh, man, you know, I could just jump right in this and do this. No, you can't. No, you can't. You'd be amazed. Like, you, ha- yep. like you have to learn from the elder. And that's why, you know, think about or think about history. Before we were writing and doing everything down, things were passed down by stories, right. old traditions, right? And then we learned how to write things down. But you still need somebody that has been through it, that has done it to coach and to help the next group coming in. And that's what's made the Steelers so great over, you know, its history is you've kept those veterans around to pass the traditions that are that that are necessary for the next generation to understand to uphold a certain standard of expectation. You know, I, I'll never forget, you know, we 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 uh we went to Super Bowl 45. Funny, it's actually related to the Green Bay Packers. Um we go there, and then I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get an AFC championship ring. <laughs> I remember mm. saying, man, why? what's this watch? And and uh, they just said, L- listen, Mr. Rudy told me. He's like, we, 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 we only honor championships. <laughs> and that's Super Bowl championships, not conference championships. So that's why we have a watch and we don't have a ring. Because other teams get AFC, you know, AFC, NFC championship rings. Yeah. yeah. And they sport the, you know. But no, the Steelers are like, no, the only way we're getting a ring is when you bring home a Lombardi. There you go. And that's the standard that was held. That's and the standard. And I was like, I have, no, I have no reason not to believe that, but you had to learn that from somebody else. And I think <laughs> that's kind of where, you know, you understand that you ha- those things have to be passed. I mean, for our offensive line for, for a long time, you know, guys didn't wear sleeves and, you know, there was a certain way you operated, but that was Marvell Smith, Alan Fanica, Jeff Hardings and all of them saying, no, that, that's not what we do. Right. There you go. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain way that we operate, just like outside linebacker tradition. 
you know, you know what the outside linebacker position is to the Steelers or the linebacker position in general. Mm. You know what it is. When you walk down the halls, you talk to other guys. There's a reason why a lot of a lot of you know Steelers alumni and legends are around the team. Mike T wants to make sure that those oral traditions um, of the past are carried on and they're instilled in the new generation. Like that's just how it is. And so therefore that's how you get an organization like the Steelers. A lot of other places don't do that. You know, they have turnover, they try and change the culture, they're trying to catch the hot new trends. And then you realize that, man, you know, that's great and all to be on the hot track of everything else. And you're chasing somebody else and trying to figure out how to do all these other cool things. But when you have a group that passes that tradition from generation to generation, decade to decade, and there's a consistency there, there, there's, you look at, you know, you look at the Roonies and the Steelers as the gold standard for a lot of organizations. There's a reason why. Absolutely. The standard is passed (laughs) along because the standard is the standard and the 70 70s guys set the standard. I mean, that's, that's what it is. All right. We got to go to break max. You know what? Stay tuned because max is coming back for the start of the what max power hour, the power hour. That's right, baby. Coming up next here in the locker room without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running. Everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.